0: Boogie, 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 boogie. That was not scary. Boogie? <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fear Related. We're going to do some spooky stories from the car side of reality. I'm Heather. And I am Ben. So, I'm super in a Halloween mood here. You know I love this stuff. I love Halloween. It's such a fun holiday. Oh my gosh. Love it. But before we get to the spookiness, we have to get to the other kind of scary stuff, which is questions from our listeners. (laughs) They got to put you on the spot. Check your knowledge, huh? Okay. All right. So, we got two today. One is from... Our listener, Grace, way out on the other side of the United States in Osborne, Idaho. Is that that a real town? I'm not certain still because I think their mail goes to somewhere weird. I'm not. Can can you find it on Google Maps? Probably. (laughs) Maybe not. I don't know. Anywho, so Grace's question is this, because you're such an owner's manual Nut. Yes. Her question is that she uh, gets frustrated trying to kind of look something up in her owner's manual and it says, if your car is so equipped. Ah. So, how is she supposed to know if her car has the feature or not?
1: Well, my first piece of advice, because that's so annoying, is I would call the dealership uh, and ask them every time and just ask them if your car is equipped. Sure, that sounds convenient. They're not going to know.
0: That seems but, good. But it's
1: a good annoying thing to do, and it makes you feel better.
0: Okay, so if you have tons of time, listeners, <laughs> that's your plan. How about a real plan? Uh,
1: unfortunately, there's not really a good answer to this. Isn't this like true in just about any manual you get for any object that you own? It's yes. If so, equipped. Don't look at my iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mm. wish I had a good answer for this one. Um, look at the diagram. See if you have the button or the feature. Other than that, yeah, it's just... It's just frustrating, and I don't know that there's a lot you can do about it. But well, the Google is a powerful tool.
0: The Google is powerful, unless you're trying to find Osborne, Idaho. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks for your question, Grace.
0: Yes, uh, very. You stumped the chump, so that was really <laughs> I've been good. Stumped. Yeah, so that was that was probably the first time. I uh, am not so equipped. Oh. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> All right, so question number two, I, I hope you have a little bit better luck with. This question's from Cheryl here in Rochester. Okay. And she says, I'm going to quote this one. Because oh, please do. She's, she's got a great uh, tone here. She says, is any of the crap the instant oil change places try to sell you actually something you need or something you need as frequently as they say? Um, like filters, transmission, radiator flushes, tire rotation, etc."
1: Um, okay, we're not going to name any instant oil change no, names. Don't places, need to. Anything. Um, uh, but yeah, this is the, uh, we'll call it the art of the upsell. Mm-hmm. I mean, every business is trying to make money, and that's understandable. Absolutely.
0: But, Would you like to supersize that, <laughs>
1: right? But we don't want to sell somebody something they don't need. So there's a very good question. How do I know if what they're trying to sell me is something that my car needs?
0: Please don't tell me to look at the owner's manual. That's
1: where you're going to start, for ah! sure. <laughs> Definitely look at your owner's manual, but there's some caveats there. Let's just take, let's just take a quick look at some of the things that they, they want you to place. So let's start with filters, mm-hmm. air filters. Do you mm-hmm. have an air filter for your engine, an air filter for your, the cabin in the car? These are things that if they know they're dirty because this is an instant oil change place, you're there. They just took it out. Ask to see it. If it, oh. looks, if it looks dirty, then yeah, go ahead. Sure. If, do, if it doesn't look dirty don't do it
0: how about like cabin air filters if you have like a lot of allergies is that like a good thing to change on the regular does that like keep the pollen and icky stuff down in the car cabin air filters are very
1: important because not only do they filter the air that you breathe inside the car but they also keep debris from getting into the blower motor
0: ah blower motor
1: yeah the blower motor is what circulates the air uh, oh, throughout, okay. your, throughout your car i guess when you, you turn are- the heat or the air conditioner on Now, the thing is here is, so what if my filter is dirty? But if your filter starts to get plugged, that motor has to work harder and harder to push that air through it. So if you never change your cabin air filter, you could potentially uh, be replacing a blower motor, which you don't want to do.
0: Or buying a whole lot of antihistamines. (laughs) It's true, too. But you got to keep your windows closed for that to work, folks. That's just coming from the medical side of things. (laughs) So tire rotations,
1: that to me, this one's uh, uh, very important. Every six to 8,000 miles. If they're telling you that uh, your tires should be rotated, you should probably know when the last time it was done because you do it frequently enough. But yes, every six to 8,000 miles, we should be rotating tires. And a lot of you people out there have six to 8,000 miles on your oil change. So if you're going to get your oil change, chances are you probably need a tire rotation too.
0: Ooh, convenient. Isn't it? Nice. What about things like... I, I think we maybe have talked about fuel additives, but they always have some crazy like fuel additive to make your to clean your fuel tank and to make your go goer goer faster.
1: As a preventative um, aspect, it is a good idea. So you you don't kind of you don't want to wait until your fuel injectors are plugged until then Sounds, until yeah. then you unplug them so fuel additives are nice but, but again as we talked about earlier they're not going to improve performance or uh, they, they may not give you better gas mileage unless you already have a problem but some of these fuel additives that that say that they do clean fuel injectors these are nice preventative maintenance things that you can do for your car
0: oh I like that okay thank you Cheryl that was that was a good one
1: I will go over a couple of the other things just so, oh yeah. there's more well because she asked, she asked about fluids. Um, coolant, if you mm-hmm. don't have extended life coolant in your car, and your owner's manual, again, will tell you this if you do or not. We're going to go by some rules of thumb here. Because if you go in there and they just tell you, yeah, you should flush this. You should flush this. Let's just give you kind of a guideline. This, these are like industry. These are not manufacturers because we can't, quote, Every single manufacturer. All right, so a guideline for if you don't have extended life coolant, let's call it 50 to 60,000 miles, you should probably change your coolant. Okay. Extended life coolant, about 100 to 120,000 miles. Goodness. That's when you're changing your coolant for the first time.
0: All right, that's a lot.
1: It is. Okay. It's quite a, the coolant lasts quite a long time. Let's talk about automatic transmissions. This is the big one. Automatic transmission fluid. Okay, here's the big question. If they ask you, Excuse me, if they recommend to you mm. that your automatic transmission fluid should be changed, your next question could be uh, should be, do you have the correct fluid to do it? And you need to ah. get some proof on this one. Ask them what kind of fluid it takes. Because there are so many different uh, automatic transmission fluids that if you're not putting the right fluid in this, don't let them touch it. Most manufacturers don't even want you to change the automatic transmission oh. fluid in your car. Now, here's where I separate myself from the manufacturer, and I get why they're saying it. They're saying it's lifetime fluid, but they're not telling you what the lifetime is. If you look into what hydraulic fluid is, and I won't go into it, but it does break down over time. And if you talk to the automatic transmission people of the world, you know, the industry that analyzes this kind of fluid and looks at Mm -hmm. it, generally 100,000 miles. Let's start changing that fluid at 100,000 miles.
0: So do you start changing it at 100,000 and then you get another 100,000 or is it that you need to do it again more frequently because you've already started?
1: It all depends. Again, if you're using the same exact fluid, you get another 100,000 miles out of that. Sure, Okay. Yeah. Um, But it all depends on how you use your car. If you're towing or if you're – I think the stat is for every – 20 degree difference in automatic transmission fluid, it decreases the fluid by half. Does that make sense?
0: No. 20 degrees, like, in temperature?
1: Yeah. So, like, if oh. you're hauling something, and you're in that which increases the temperature of the fluid by even 20 degrees, you cut the life of that transmission fluid in half.
0: So now you're at 50. Yeah. That's good to know. I mean, geez. All right, people. Horse, horse people.
1: Brake fluid manufactures typically 20,000, 30,000 miles. That's pretty often. Every twenty to 30,000 miles, we should be flushing brake fluid.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, power steering fluid, I have yet to see a manufacturer put out some sort of recommendation as far as mileage-based. This is more condition-based. If it looks like crap, let's change it.
0: Mm. Um, Seems scientific.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> but uh, to give you – if somebody is recommending you to change your power steering fluid – before say fifty thousand, you have fifty thousand miles on your car. Probably not needed. Okay. Uh, and the last thing I would say is make sure you're changing your blink, blinker fluid at least once a month.
0: <laughs> 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 you're not going to get me with that one, Mister. All right, all right, all right. So that was a good one. Dang, yeah. dang, Cheryl. She's got some some good questions. Very good questions. So now. Can we get to some spooky stories, please? Yes. We have to. Okay. We really have to. Okay. So we, we've got some good ones for you. We've got some, some personal stories. We've got some shop employee stories. We've got some stories from listeners. So it's pretty exciting stuff. You want to start us off there, Ben?
1: Oh, I'd love to. Now, I'm sure many of our listeners uh, know about gremlins, You know, those things that that go in your car and always cause something to go wrong. And you can't feed them after midnight? No, you definitely can't. Well, the gremlins you could probably feed. It's the mogwais you can't feed after midnight. Oh,
0: dang it. (laughs) Details.
1: (laughs) So yeah, everybody knows about the gremlins in the automobiles that cause problems. What you may not know are about the shop gnomes. We have shop gnomes? There are shop gnomes. Okay. I'm convinced of it. Many, so, many technicians will tell you they exist.
0: Okay, so tell us this. Gnome. Every
1: once in a while, there will be a problem car that just for whatever reason, it can't be fixed. Is it the you gremlins? Tr- you try. Th- it probably is a gremlin inside Oof, this car. Okay. You find a problem with it, you put a part in it, you diagnose something, you fix it. Lo and behold, something else goes wrong or there's something other underlying problem or you just can't, for whatever reason, put your finger on it and you try and you try and you spend so much time trying to figure out what is wrong with this car.
0: And at the end of the day, it just sets It just can't
1: be fixed. But we all go home at five o'clock. Well, right. There are some times, though, when we come back in the morning and the car
2: fixed what the shop gnomes got to it are they like the
0: keebler elves
2: we don't ask questions oh about no the shop gnomes no it's too dangerous
0: you just accept and move on we
2: accept and move on
0: that's pretty creepy It is. Creepy. i wish we had that in my job <laughs>
1: not sure why i'm whispering about the shop gnomes now don't whisper it's scary <laughs> all right okay so we got one more that uh a listener Penny sent in to us, so I'm just gonna push play on this bad boy since she uh record was so good to record it for us. So here, here it is.
3: Related. Hi, I'm Penny. Uh I have a story about- a scary car story that happened to me back in the early 90s, uh, back before I was Penny, before I transitioned, I was married, and uh, my wife and kids and I had decided that we were going to go down to Florida to spend a, I think it was a spring break, and we had rented a, um, we rented a minivan because we didn't have one at the time because we wanted to have comfort, and we also decided that we were going to just push through And my wife and I were going to take turns driving so that we could just get down there in like one long push. Uh, Unfortunately, we didn't get started until like 8 o'clock at night on a Friday. And so I decided I was going to take the first shift. And so we were driving and uh, my wife was sleeping next to me uh, on the car getting her rest. Except while I was driving through, we were south of Harrisburg, and um, my wife's mom got into the front seat uh, next to me and told me that it was probably time for me to find a motel and get some sleep. I remember looking at her and seeing that and saying, okay, and wondering when we picked her up. And then I realized that uh, she had died two years earlier. Theo related.
0: Oh, my gosh. Creepy. I just, I got some chills, and I just, I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) All right. Our next story was sent in to us from one of our employees' moms. It's from Brandy. Oh, boy. Brandy's got a good story. So. Do tell. She's telling us about this cheap old Dodge two-door that she had in the 1990s. Had a very modern feature, though. It spoke. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, to be specific, it spewed nonsense. So <laughs> she says that it was like something possessed. Mostly gibberish, but it really had a great fondness for saying, your door is ajar, when clearly the door is not ajar.
1: Oh, just randomly would say this, huh? Yeah.
0: I don't know. I'm not a big fan of my car like talking to me.
1: I actually had a car. I think my first car. Yeah, had that feature. No. The door is ajar, but it actually only said it when the door oh, was ajar. So,
0: see this this car was not that car. Okay, that's weird. Creepy car. So, as it's you know moving on in its its history of being ajar when it's not ajar, had this this creepy thing that happened to it. So, the door of that car apparently was open when uh, she was at the post office. And a speeding driver just came through the parking lot, took the door off, almost took Brandy's leg off with it. Oh, boy. And it didn't really speak much after that. (laughs) (laughs) Problem solved.
1: So for you listeners out there who need to exercise the demons from your car, uh, just rip the
0: door off. It needed to be really, really ajar. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) All right. Who else we got? Well, we do have another story, and this one is sent to us from um, one of our Rochester listeners, Susan. Susan has a creepy story in a slightly different way. So she talks about when she was a kid, her dad, the, the, the family minivan, had some transmission issues. All right. And her dad tried to fix it, tried to fix it, but... One time, they were driving out probably in Watkins Glen, something like that, out on a little trip with the family. And that sucker just decided that forward was not the way it was going to go anymore. (laughs) Okay. That it would only go in reverse. And so her dad had to drive with the flow of traffic in reverse. Oh, wow. And so she just remembers sitting there, you know in the car everybody's got to move their head because dad's got to be in the driver's seat with the steering wheel looking backwards you know who this was also really scary for uh the person behind them in <laughs> front of behind <laughs> yeah, them beside them anywhere near this car can you imagine <laughs> oh my gosh
1: oh that's a good one i'm sure what about you i'm sure you have a scary car story
0: i probably have a couple but I have a good one here. This is a really this one's pretty scary. So I don't know if if our, our listeners are aware that I grew up in New Mexico. So, once you got outside of the little town that I grew up in, there was just nothing but like sky and sagebrush for miles, which was kind of cool. And I remember that if you drove out there outside of town, especially on a night with a full moon, you could just like see forever. And so that's the kind of night that I want you to think about. Both beautiful with this. and creepy. Oh my gosh, so creepy. So that's the, the kind of night that this story takes place. So uh, a friend of a friend's brother told me this one, so you know it's true. Right. It's got to be. So he's driving late at night. They're going outside of town. He's got a car full of his buddies. And at, at one point, they had pulled over for you know, an emergent call of nature. And when everybody gets back in the car, they're kind of, you know, faced forward and they can see that the headlights are kind of shining over this coyote that's sitting on the side of the road up ahead of them. And coyotes are just, you know, they're pretty normal out there. Nobody really thought anything of it. So they start driving. Minute or two later, this guy looks over and he sees the coyote running alongside the car. Okay. No, no. And he's like, well, you know, not going that fast. So he speeds up a little bit. Coyote keeps up. Oh, speeds up a little bit more. The coyote's still there. So he pushes down real hard on that gas, and that coyote is still going alongside. He's doing like probably fifty at this point. This is what he's telling me. So he really steps on it. Beep beep. No, beep, beep. nope. <laughs> that that song does not go with this. Okay. We're being scary right now. So. As he as he really hits the gas pedal down to the floor, that coyote just fades off in the distance, and so oh, thank goodness. They start laughing about it, you know, like "ha ha, that was really weird, whatever." And then they look over, and the coyote is there,
3: running no. alongside
0: of them on two legs. What? Yeah. And then it turns its head and looks at them. And then it speeds off, goes, oh. turns off and goes down into the, into the sagebrush and they don't see it anymore and they just go home. Yeah, that's, that's where I'd be going too. That's so sc- creepy.
1: Oh, wow. I'm getting goosebumps.
0: I know. Well, All yeah. right.
1: We got one more here for you. Oh. Now, this one was sent to us in very dramatic fashion, so I'm going to do my best to give it a good dramatic read for I you think so you it's can really appreciate it.
0: I think it's really important that everyone understands who this super dramatic story is from. Well, this story
1: comes from our service manager over at Shone Auto. Jeffrey. Jeff. Woo! Who received this story from a friend of his. Oh. And he was kind enough to write it up for us. So Thanks, Jeff, and I'm gonna do my best to give it everything that
2: it's pull
0: worth. Pull out that pull out that theater degree. You can do it.
2: It was a crisp, cold night when Cole Bates began his trip home. He
0: had been taking
1: the throughway, commuting of oh, the throughway. Oh, this is scary already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't break character.
2: Sorry. Commuting back and forth from Rochester to Buffalo the past six months for business meetings. Now that winter had set in, the drive had begun to wear on him and even seemed longer. Tonight was particularly darker than usual. Thick clouds had been accumulating all day and a light light snowfall had begun. The roads were still clear, but the wind had significantly picked up. He could tell from the way it was pushing his car between the lanes. About halfway home, any light remaining from the mostly cloudy sunset was replaced with black. There was a chill in the air. The temperature outside must must be well below freezing. He turned up the heat to compensate, but knew his would cause his eyes to become weary and start to close. His body began to succumb to the stress accumulated during the day. He squinted, narrowing his vision. A small gold dot to the left, still now moving toward him. Quickly now. No time to react. He instinctively braced the steering wheel as tight as he could. The object crashed into the vehicle like a wrecking ball against a building. His window bursted inwards with a crunch and shards of glass went everywhere. The head of a deer now in his lap. Cole could see its panting breath in the sharp, cold air. Its legs of it frantically beating against the door while traveling 70-plus miles per hour. Oh my gosh! Distinct screeching noises of paint being scraped off the metal, loud thuds from the head of the beast hitting the door's window frame, desperately attempting to free itself from the self-inflicted prison that it found itself in. The beast's bays were reverberating in Cole's ears, louder and louder, until at last the beast broke free from the frame and the car skidded to a halt. Cole, tired and cold, looked up just in time to see the beast gallop away into the darkness. Fear-related. <laughs>
0: It was a great story, but I can't handle you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everybody's got a really like scary deer story if you live in upstate New York. Up, at least upstate New York.
1: It's the first one I've heard where the deer's head got stuck in the car and was running alongside of it. I
0: know, it had like a a godfather-like quality to it like it's just it's the head is there and it's
2: breathing on you and <laughs> who it's sent on. you who sent you <laughs> <laughs> <Come on.
0: laughs> well folks i'm sure you can all sleep better tonight after hearing those lovely tales yeah
1: creepy car stories
0: they're the best <laughs> If you have any send them to us oh absolutely we'll keep them on file because i love this stuff
1: maybe we'll just do another one in like june or something oh
0: <laughs> we should april fool's day mm-hmm
1: Once again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We're happy to have you all. If you have anything, send it to us. If you have any questions, comments, anything, send it to us on the Twitter or the Facebook. Twitter is at Shown Auto. That's S-C-H-O-E-N, Auto. And we'd love to hear from you.
0: Watch out for coyotes. And deer. And deer. And shop gnomes. Oof. There's a lot to think about. (laughs) All right, everyone. Have a great week. Bye Bye.